Welcome to the Music NFT Podcast. My name's Jai, a house music artist and Web3 project lead. I'm Brock, booking agent and music NFT fanatic. And I'm Aaron, a content creator and music fan. Each week we bring you the latest news, identify strategies and talk to leaders in the Web3 space to help you in your music NFT journey. We can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen to us. And with that said, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of your favorite Music NFT podcast. It is the Music NFT podcast. The gang <laughs> is all here. The squad has shown up. Welcome, boys. How are we? Yeah, good. How are you guys? Just feeling absolutely smashing. The I was listening back to our <laughs> AI um, podcast yes, yesterday, day before. And I just feel like we just always bring it. So what Brock's is it Brock's our biggest today? fan. <laughs> what what do we have for everyone today, Aaron? Um we got a bit of we got a bit of we got a bit of chitter and a bit of chatter. And mm-hmm. what we're chatting about is um a new NFT collection called Ordinals. If you haven't heard about that, You'll be hearing about that shortly. And also, we're going to be touching on uh, the most recent Porsche uh, NFT drop, um, how they fucked it up, how they kind of redeemed themselves, <laughs> and maybe touching on, you know, Web2 brands um, trying to join the Web3 space and maybe how some of them are messing it up and how some of them are doing it well, um, mm. but kind of focusing on how early we all still are and how it's still, still just a mess isn't it it's still just the wild west out here every so, every day i go past i'm like i'm i'm late for something i'm like i'm not late i'm, just, <laughs> I'm late for a hundred people that's it <laughs> um so brock hit us with ordinals what are okay. ordinals and why should we care about them so they are the first NFT bridged, and we say the first, we don't know 100%, but it's what's being reported <laughs> around the, the Twitter sphere uh, to bridge from Ethereum to Bitcoin. And they are just why they're popping off at the moment is because it is super difficult. So they're punks. So ordinals are basically Ethereum punks, but Trent, you know, been bridged over to. Um, Bitcoin, but they're not actual crypto punks. They're, they're another NFT completely. Um, but the, I think the the hubbub around it, and this is just my personal opinion. You, you can you know feel free to take whether grant whether grant is salt, but I think just the level of difficulty that, that was required to mint them and trade them. There's no marketplace for them at the moment. It's it's all people are doing it in their Google Doc sheets and. If you saw, <laughs> um, I'll go. I'll go try and find it again, and maybe share it in the show notes. If you saw how they were trading them currently, and how you could actually you um, you can basically mint them or move them around in your wallet, the relative ease of which you could accidentally send someone <laughs> one of them <laughs> by like just complete accident is very scary. So uh, they're going to continue to evolve. There's already another collection on Ethereum. Uh, that has blown up because of a rumor already going around that they'll be, you better burn this NFT to get something uh, further airdrop from ordinals. So I think they are already making a massive, like massive, massive moves. Uh, and just really interesting because it's just, I think it's going back to the early days of NFTs, the early days of Web3 where, you know, I suppose even as, as little as a year and a half ago, 
it felt more difficult to write a, a mint page. Um, you know, like there's so much, mm-hmm. so many things that have been um, basically made, crafted for the space over the last 12 months, um, even as little as six months ago. Uh, now that it's just so much, it's so much, so much easier. AI, you know, ChatGPT, things like that are even making it even easier again now. Uh, so I think making it more difficult, making it seem like more of a uh, treasure hunt, I suppose, has has really set fire to the space, and all the big players are trying to get one, get involved. So something to keep an eye on, and I, I definitely feel like um, it could possibly be a new marketing idea uh, i'm looking at it from that angle where i feel if you have something that's brand worth noteworthy and you added a level of difficulty like it feels like this is where it feels more you know degenerate hackery where you, you kind of have to <laughs> skill do, based yeah skill based uh <laughs> that you're going to go do something like this where you, you have to understand something you've got to know so i remember the first time in 2016 when I bought Bitcoin and I had to put it on a fucking I had no idea. I'm like, this is definitely never, I'm never going to see this. <laughs> and then you think, you think, and that was when it was still, that was kind of easy then. You look back another five years before that, getting Bitcoin or, or Ethereum or whenever that mm. was, um, the times that I felt, I don't want to put incorrect dates out there. Um, it was even more different. You know, I was talking to my mate Tim, and he was like telling me about the wallet that he had and how he'd trade it around uh, on the on the dark web. And it's you, everything evolves, and it's the gaps are getting shorter and shorter. But I think ordinals is just a glimpse back to the past, and I think it's really that's helped excite the uh, the space around it. Yeah, as you said, I mean, like it's just become like, and obviously, like it's a good thing that like the ease of minting and buying and trading nfts and stuff has gotten a lot easier a lot more simplified but yeah as you said it's like that that um almost like gamification of like trying to (laughs) trying to mint an nft trying to trying to obtain one um just automatically (laughs) increases the value because you're like yeah i got one good good luck for you trying to get one the sheer lack of information out there on how to get one um is a mate like it's just insane like it's being kept so remote and so underground, which is, again just adds adds to the uh, adds to the hype, I suppose. Everyone wants that thing you can't get. Hey, the hidden thing or the thing that's difficult to get. Like mm-hmm. that's that's always been the case. I mean, it's the same with I mean, limited editions of things. That's why that's always been so popular because it's limited, hard to get. So, yeah, I can definitely see that in the future. There's definitely going to be some. Uh, some ways people can do some cool stuff. It's almost like a hidden Easter egg, almost. Um, yeah, I, I, but you know that, that's why Sound has that. I like the golden egg. I really, really like that idea, um, and I feel like that's yep. part of the popularity has risen there. And I and I think it needs to be used more throughout uh, marketing in Web three because it it's more compu- like an Easter egg is computer based. Web three, you're on like everything is code. Really, like that's what we're talking about. We're talking about being on blockchain. We're talking about all these things that, uh, you know, even particular blocks. Like if you you can only you know you get a prize when Ethereum hits a certain block, or you, like there's just so much more that pro programmers can do and work into a blockchain that is just isn't possible um, with anything else. So I think yeah the what Ordinals is doing now is just highlighting the fact of what you said, like that real that real hype behind Easter eggs, behind treasure hunts. Um, 
it's just something I, I saw inside it and, and I feel like people could learn a, a really solid lesson from it. And if you, f- if you know how to mint ordinals, please contact me. Um, my number <laughs> will be listed below. Brock's got, his, Brock's got his bloody secret recovery phrase ready to give to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting too. It's um, just from reading up a bit on it before, um, it's all stored on chain. So um, this is, you know, for anyone who's a big believer in the whole decentralized and owning your own asset and stuff, you can't actually, like with this, the way this protocol works, you can't actually like take it down or remove it. Once it's there, it's there forever. Um, so that could potentially have some interesting implications for copyright, um, for all that kind of stuff when it comes to the creative, you know, music um, sort of space. So that'll be interesting to see what eventuates there because that's, you know, most of the blockchains, um, you can move that media, you can take things down, you can, you know, you can do all that kind of stuff. But if it's if it's 100% on chain, um, that becomes pretty much impossible to do then so um, that's going to be interesting to see on the tech side and and how you know that ends up being I suppose regulated in some in some form um, but yeah that, that's something interesting to watch it's definitely going to have to uh, look a bit further into this and see um, you know how things develop you know Brock's gonna be right there waiting let yeah. me know I got the wallet ready. <laughs> Brock, Brock's going to be looking, looking on that in the next two months going, yeah, I knew I should have bought some. I, it's, it's already, <laughs> yeah, I can't believe how, how much the price has risen. and But it's just, you know, because th- there's only like 100 out there at the moment. Mm. Crazy it's times. It's yeah. <laughs> um, the hot new thing. And to continue that on onto the next subject, I think talking, you know, again about marketing and moving into Web 2 into Web 3, uh, great ideas is bringing a massive label from Web two into Web three. People are still having trouble with that, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you would think after two years and and multiple brands and people to talk to, like who? And sorry to be frustrated here. You have so much money. You you don't have advisors. You don't have people you talk to, like. If, you, if it's taking you this long to get into the space, how are you not like you've obviously taken you either taking your time or it's taking you this long to get your shit sorted. Whatever it is, if it's taking this long, you have access to so much information and to not look at anything and then just wheel it out. And even the like, so this is we're talking about the um, Porsche uh, NFT drop that for those of you that don't know, I think it was. Well, what was the point point nine one one? Yeah, so their their, their initial plan was to sell um, seven thousand five hundred tokens, uh, and the price of each token was zero point nine one one ETH. Obviously, nine one one the push nine eleven is like a yeah. famous um, model for them. So, I mean, close to one ETH mint price, and they're trying to sell seven thousand five hundred. Would have netted and them they had if they no sold out like ten. They had no information out there. Like it was all like in quotation marks, possibly for the celebrity events. Pot, you know, like it, there was no roadmap yeah. per se. There was no this. This is in the first six months you will receive. It was just hmm, mm, maybe you might you we might get see a couple of benefits. Maybe yeah, you should pay an ETH though to find out. <laughs> 
So anyway, they they ended up selling um, two point three k, um, so definitely not half. And they halted the mint because um, obviously they were getting some, a lot of. And some of that. <coughs> sorry to sorry to cut you there for a second, as some of that mint is. Try well. to keep doing. It's all good. <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry everyone. Some of that mint uh, on the back end, a couple hundred of those was people minting and trading on the back end of them making the announcement that they'd stopped trading. So they said that they stopped trading. So everyone thought there was a supply shock. So they swept the floor because the floor price was staying pretty much at that mint price. So someone like a few bigger whales swept the floor and then someone realized that the minting was still on. So they were minting and selling NFTs for just above. So like making that, you know, 0.1 or whatever, Ethereum just straight back off the secondary market. And they did that through a couple hundred. So another blunder they made after making an announcement saying they'd stopped trading. So please go ahead, Az. <laughs> um, so they, so obviously they halted it um, and they said that they were going to cut the supply. They were getting like a lot of flack on uh, Twitter. Um, heaps of people like, you know, veterans in the space going, yeah, Porsche, you guys really fucked up. Like you can't just you can't just come come into um into Web three and go, oh yeah, we'll drop an NFT. We'll mm. we'll make ten and a half million dollars and just give you a picture of a car. Um and so they've they've cut the supply. And now interestingly enough, um I mean at there was a peak where people were buying and selling the um the Porsche NFTs for three point three ETH. Which is a nice like three x, uh, yeah, three x profit. Um, it's what's that now? Uh, two two ETH now is the floor price. So, I mean, even if you minted it, you could still double Should your money, um, which is nice. Um, and I think they came out um, in a thread and kind of described the um, described the utility more in depth of like what um, the NFT would give um, to the holders. Um, I guess without going into all the all the uh, benefits, I'd say if you were a fan of Porsche and you lived in the United States, you'd probably get your money's worth out of the NFT. Mm. Um, it seems like you know they've got um, they've got a couple of events coming up, some um, exclusive capsule collections, um, or like track day experiences and stuff. So you, you could definitely get the money's worth um, if you were a big fan, but the, the fact that like it took all the flack, all the heat for them to even come out and like explain this properly, cut mm. the mint because what they were going for was way too ambitious without kind of consulting someone who, if they just consulted someone who had Web3 experience, they would have been told immediately, you guys are out of your mind. This is going to be received. Yeah, without, showing you, without, without showing you're going to give someone at least two to three times the value of the NFT. Um, mm. you know, them feeling like that, then you, you kind of, it's really difficult to sell anything for a very expensive price. And what they did um, poorly was just listening. Like everyone from the beginning, as soon as they advertised the price, everyone was like up in arms straight away. Mm. That, that should have told them, well, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even... Um, I was talking to Brock the other day. Louis Vuitton um, is reported to be about to release an um, NFT collection with um, 
whoever it is that they're doing a current collab with, um, you've probably seen like all the colored polka dot things. They're going to do a collab I'm NFT so for in that. The <laughs> <laughs> and it's rumored that the price is going to be around three to four ETH for mint. And like, you know, obviously it's Louis Vuitton, but like there's got to be some real value for five grand of a mint price for an NFT. Uh, I think Yoi like Kusama is her name. I think all these big brands coming in, and I think this this applies back to music as well and like artists and things, is that, you know, they all come into the space and they think that they've got, you know, because they're such a big name outside of the space and in, you know, in the rest of the world, that they're just going to be able to sell things based off their name and their company sort of reputation. But what I think people don't understand is that a lot of the times their audience or their their customers or their fans from the real world, I suppose if you want to call it, um, they're not in Web3. So you're trying to sell something to people who aren't your normal fans or customers. Um, and that's why some, so many of these big brands really sort of fail, I think, because they think, oh, we'll just, we'll be able to sell it because we're Porsche. You know, um, we're a really well, you know, known brand. Um, so many people love our products and things, but how many of the people in the Web3 space are those kinds of people? And I think what we've seen with so many brands is that they come across and try and do that. And of course, the people in the Web3 space at the moment aren't those kinds of people who are fans. The people who we probably see buy those things are people just speculating that it's going to be worth more. And so they're just trying to flip it, um, which is you know basically what we've seen here with the Porsche thing, I would say. Um, so yeah, I think it's interesting. And uh, again, it applies to music. A lot of the big you know, uh, musicians or people like that have tried to come across and do something similar with a music NFT and it hasn't worked very well. Chris Brown, an example, because his fans are, I can almost guarantee majority of them will not be in the Web3 space and will not be NFT sort of fans. And I think that's why what we talk about a lot on here is sort of building that community and onboarding your fans into the space before you try and do like a massive drop um, doing smaller drops because you might have a couple of fans in the Web3 space, um, but you may not have hundreds of fans in the Web3 space. So, um, you know, there's some takeaways there from these other big companies we see coming into the space. Um, and I think it's all to do with who your audience and who your fans are, um, you know, and are they Web3 native? Are they here in the space at the moment? And in most cases, it's no. And that's why we need to to build our communities within the space, I think, at the moment. Um, Definitely something that I've noticed from some of the bigger brands coming in and how that, you know, can definitely apply to to the music space and, and music NFTs as a whole, I think. The, and, you know, it's the... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Please, Brock. No, 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 please. Um, it, even, it even relates to labels, I, I feel. You... Yep. The big, like the bigger labels, I think, and it just shows why independent musicians are winning so hard on you know, through NFTs at the moment because that so many, like everyone that takes a while to move is finding it difficult. Like this is, it's time for the early movers right now and it's still, you know, we're two years in. It's still time. There's still more than enough time. Big, big brands are still making massive mistakes. Um, they're, they're building departments out, but that, that takes time. That, that's still three, four years away before those those teams are making big enough moves that that it's going to start actually impacting the market in, in general. So you still have a lot of time. You should still get involved. 
don't fret. Yeah, while 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 the big businesses are setting up those things, there's indie artists showing up every day on Twitter and gaining more and more fans and more supporters and they're releasing music NFTs and they're selling out because they're just engaging with the community mm. regularly. Precisely. Precisely. And that um, could be you. That, that could be you too. That could be you, but what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing instead? Nothing. Nothing. Anyway, that's all from us. We love you. Make sure to rate and review and share this with a up-and-coming musician, indie artist, and let them know that the time to enter the Web3 space is now, um, and we will see you, hear you, talk to you, chat with Next you. Week on the next episode. Yeah. Bye. Bye. See you guys. If you learned something in today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a review. That's the best way you can support the podcast. Feel free to leave one on whatever podcast app you use. And of course, make sure to share it with a friend.